My sisters and I remember that winter as the coldest of our childhood. A temporary poverty had settled upon our family some years before. The war had made fuel and lamp oil scarce. But necessity is indeed the mother of invention. Somehow in that dark time, our family, the March family, seemed to create its own light. Mommy! a hard, cold season for all of us so far from home. I think of my girls day and night and find my best comfort in your affection. I pray that your own hardships will not be too great to bear. Give them all my dear love and a kiss. Tell them I think of them by day. Pray for them by night. I'm a selfish girl. Oh. Christmas Eve, Father would want us to be sad now. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It is Christmas season at NTMUG. It is. Break out the Eurythmics and and Aretha. Happy Christmas to everyone, especially Aretha. Um, this is a really fun. I am so excited, and I'm so excited that, that the listeners have been kind of like amped up for it. Yeah. Um, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that, that made us gay. gay. Emily well, Aluro Jones from the Female Driven Podcast. Welcome on the show. Emily. Hello. Show. We have been on Female Thank Driven. Thank you so much for inviting me. A oh, handful absolutely. of times. We did Meet Me in St. Louis and Johnny Guitar. Meet Me in St. Louis, I think, kind of spiritual uh, cousins with little women, I think. Oh, sure. Definitely. I thought of it a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, as watching as, this, as did I, as did I. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on. This is a this movie is like, uh, I just have so much to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited I'm sure to get into it. I mean, I've always wanted to do a Little Women episode, and it's funny yeah. that when we began the show, the Greta Gerwig movie was not out, so I had always just kind of assumed that, like the, I mean, the great version of Little Women. It's and it's the one that we're going to talk about tonight. But it's kind of fun that we have something else to compare it to, right? That we didn't have yes. at the beginning of the show, right? Right. So let me get into the specifics. We watch Little Women, directed by Gillian Armstrong, screenplay by Robin Swicord, based on the 1868 novel by Louisa May Alcott, produced by Denise Denovi, released May 25th, 1994. All right. I 90s, mean, 90s, 30, 90s. 30 years next year. It, it's so funny. No. Yeah, I, I don't even want to no. think about that. Um, 
you know, it's a it's a period movie and it's a well done period movie. The only thing that kind of gives it away is, I guess, just the cast, right? Winona and yes, Claire Danes. What a quintessential nineties cast. I mean, yeah. If you if you really want to like break it down early on, like in in yeah. this episode, like yes. quintessential casting for the era that this movie was made. I mean, yes. it had to be Winona. Right. Pitch perfect. Yes. Oh, so well. Perfect. Winona is a big part of why this movie got made because I mean this this adaptation of Little Women. I mean, there's been one in the 30s, there's been one in the 40s, and then with Kate Hepburn, right? With yes. Kate Hepburn is the one. You know what's wild about the Kate Hepburn one? That is pre-code. That is pre-code <gasps> Hollywood, which is it's wild. 1933, right? I think it's. Oh, I think it's earlier than the 33. Oh, or, or no, maybe it is 33. I can't remember. But um, wow. it took 12 years for this version to find a studio. And according to Robin Swicord and producer and producer Denise Denovi, people just weren't really interested in a movie with a lot of women. And then they partnered <laughs> with Amy Pascal, who, I mean, would later go on to run Sony Studios at the time. She kind of helped get this movie made. And Amy Pascal has gone on to produce the Greta Gerwig movie. I mean, this is what male executives... Um, they will describe this type of movie as a needle in the eye picture. Wow. Just sort of like, I mean, you'd rather get a needle stuck in your eye than watch this movie, a needle stuck in your eye than watch a movie with this many women in the cast. Wow. Yep. And it took until Winona Ryder expressing interest in the screenplay because she was a huge fan of the book for it to get made. Like, so Winona Ryder, who at the time, I mean, I would say, one of the biggest stars in the world for an actress right. in her early height 20s. of her yep. height of her fame. Yeah, absolutely. And she pretty much got the movie greenlit. Yes. I mean, we were talking last night about the fact that it's rated PG. Wow. And just yeah. kind of like, why? Why? I mean, clearly this movie could easily pass for a G-rated movie. G? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it because? I think There's it was. Definite, I or? think it's just. I think we came to the conclusion that it's more of a marketing decision that maybe more teenagers would be inclined to see a PG rated movie than something rated G. Because uh, I mean, when you go to rated G, you go to it's a movie for kids. I think. I think the. I, yeah, I think the powers that be thought our core audience is gonna is probably gonna be teenage girls. girls. These, are, these are the ones yes. that res, that this resonates with. So we want the teen girls to come. And yeah, and a, what group of teenage girls is gonna want to go see a movie that's when they when it just says rated G, you're just like that is that's for babies. I'm out. It just makes me think of like Babysitters Club yeah. and yeah. a little princess. Yeah, oh, so absolutely. so many good memories. I mean, yeah, um, those live action G movies were all good. Like it was not like yeah. they were <laughs> Was um wait was the Gerwig one PG or was it like it's PG thirteen? Why? Why? Why is it PG? I think I think um isn't Meg's like birth scene in the movie like Uh, she has the twin like the babies? I think that's kind of there, but like the harrowing is that PG thirteen worthy? I don't know what's going. on. Sometimes they'll they'll be like the vague qualifier of a movie having thematic material. They're like PG for for like thematic material. Feminism. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. 
Read feminism. <laughs> yeah. So, Can't introduce that to child too young, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think a big part of the reason why I wanted to do the 94 Little Women, just because I feel like everything that I see now online and in pop culture, I feel like the Greta Gerwig movie just kind of like right. looms over all of these adaptations now. And for good reason, because I think that's just such a fresh and solid take on the material, but my heart, yeah. my heart forever will be in the, in the Winona writer, Susan Sarandon version though. So that this is, is the, the one, one that we're talking about. I grew about. up on as well. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, it's the one we all grew up on. It's kind of, it's our movie. Yeah. And, and like, we're talking about the casting Winona writer yeah. is just this like Gen X, like millennial kind of icon. And yes. um, yeah. And Kirsten Dunst and, Susan Sarandon. I mean, come on! Like this, this cast is. So I love. Stacked. I love Kirsten in this. So and Claire. Good. And Claire. Mm-hmm. Yes. We can discuss the cast more in detail, but I mean, any first memories of first watching this movie? You go first, Emily. Oh, I must have been. Well, this came out in '94, so I would have been like four, <laughs> four or five. Um, I yeah, I remember watching it with my sister on VHS. And the the parts that stick out in my memory the most are when uh, Joe burns Meg's hair off. Like, we would rewind (laughs) that over and over again and just laugh. (laughs) And then when, and then when, uh, when Amy falls through the ice, I always remember that part. And when she uh, burns Joe's manuscript, I just remember being like beside Mm -hmm. myself. I just couldn't believe that she could do that. And um, I remember really enjoying the first part of the movie a lot more as a child. Sure. And I just, and I remember my sister um, and all my little friends having a huge crush on Christian Bale. Oh my God. Get out of here. (laughs) My favorite Lori. We'll get into him more. But this is a movie that I like to describe as Pete. I've sort of talked about this on our Terms of Endearment episode. Uh This is like, the movie that I would watch in my mom's sewing room. So this is the type of movie that my mom would rent probably from the video store, probably like five rentals Mm. for like $5 situation. I remember a big stack of VHSs from our video store and Little Women was there. And I I have a specific memory of watching it with my mom in the sewing room. Okay. Of like, kind of like when my mom would like, would work on like a sewing sewing projects and stuff she would usually have a movie on and i remember watching little women with my mom this and, movie yeah it's like a warm quilt this yeah, movie is absolutely but yeah i mean i've always loved this movie i probably first watched this movie when i was around 10 or 11 and mm-hmm. it's i think that there's just so much to appeal to me as a child and <laughs> kind of why i wanted to do it on our show is that i don't think the other boys that i was growing up with were <laughs> no, watching we're little women obsessed with little women they didn't yeah. want to see little women <laughs> yeah i feel like the other boys at school were not were not quite that taken taken by this material but um what i love about this version and i think you know all the versions really get it really well um the greta gerwig version does too but this version i feel like that rem- I don't know, that rambunctiousness of being around your siblings mm-hmm. and just yep. being your authentic weirdo, goofy selves yeah angry like the thing about hanging out <laughs> with your siblings i don't know how many siblings that you have i have one, one older sister <laughs> you have one older sister okay i have a lot of siblings i have a lot of cousins as well so i feel yep. like the cousin situation can sometimes come into this you know into play as well but like it's that thing yeah. where you're 
having they're your best friend one minute, then they're your mortal yes. enemy the next minute, and then you're back to best friends. And it's just that relationship that you're so you're trapped in this house with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the first 18 years of your life, if you're lucky, you know, and yeah. they just know everything about you and you know everything about them. And just the scenes where they're just like running around and being wild and crawling, jumping all over each other. And there's a scene where they're like climbing all over like Lori and they're like r- rolling all over <laughs> the lawn and everything. And I'm just like, in the I, snow, yeah. yeah, in the yep. snow. Yeah. I just like it. It captures that so well, this, you know, this movie, unlike, you know, a lot of um, other movies or television shows depicting families. I just love the the, the mm-hmm. feel that you get. And um, I mean, not to go too deep into the Greta Gerwig version. I think she really kind of wanted to focus a lot on that. But I think that they really handle that very well in this in this and it's in the material obviously you can't yeah I mean, you yeah. can't tell the story without yeah. talking I mean, about how tight this I mean there's is. reasons why in 1968 this novel was so breakthrough I 1868? mean 1868 yeah. oh yeah, I was going to say wait what <laughs> <laughs> that like there's reasons why this novel was so breakthrough at the time because there wasn't a lot of serious material written for young people and particularly like girls, girls. like young women yeah. of that this isn't traditionally like a children's book it's a movie for little women and i mean just (laughs) kind of how empowering that would have been at the time right yeah do you think do you think louisa may alcott invented ya i mean possibly very well yeah Yeah, we she could be like what mary shelley is to like science fiction you know they always say the, the mother of science fiction this could very well be the 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 beginning of of a of an entire genre released in two parts yep was it, two was part. it was it, it was a thing? Yeah. Two was, parts, yeah. It was, was it released in like periodicals, like newspaper kind of a thing? Like I know a lot of old stories were done like that way. I was just reading about it today. I don't remember if yeah. they said it was in a magazine, but all I ever know is it said she did. She wrote it really fast, sure. and she, it was written for money primarily. Okay. And she <laughs> delivered. She like she delivered part one, and then three months later delivered part two. Like wow. I think. Right around the end of the year, wow. like New Year's, Christmas time. Yeah. And I know that just sort of the reader response to it really had a big hand in the second half of the book, primarily with yes. the relationship yeah. of Joe. Okay. Of that readers wanted right. to see her because she always knew that she's not going to end up with Lori. But, I mean, yep. according to the publisher and readers, she has to end up with someone. They her to get and married. they do that really clever in the Greta Gerwig movie, too, yes. like at the very end, which is yep. very meta and cool. That she yeah. included that at the end of that movie, so she has to marry this German professor. Right, right, right. Um, she just wrote him in because the, <laughs> the public demanded and the publisher demanded that she end up with a man. And I mean, against her will, she wrote him in, and she didn't even care about that character at all. She was like, yeah. "Well, I guess I'll just introduce this professor." Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, this kind of stuff is still happening. To this very day in movies and TV yeah. shows, you know. I know, like, I know. Uh, sometimes like for Louis, the better. Louisa, uh, for Louisa, she was really close to this. this. Right. This was personal. Right. She had sisters and she had a dear sister that she lost that, you know, was the inspiration behind Beth. And then right. she also never married. She didn't want to get married. And, she, and, she and Joe is very much... Um, <laughs> her and she didn't want joe to get married but she just had to like cede to the publisher's demand and she got cut a hell of a deal and she ended up taking care of her entire family for their for the rest of their lives well there you go that's great she died young you know she was 55 when she died 
I mean, was that a ripe old age in, in the 1880s, maybe? Maybe. It's so sad because <laughs> I think she lost two younger sisters uh, and sure. then she died of a stroke like two days after sure. her father died and she was 55 years old. Wow. And um, I was reading that uh, maybe mercury poisoning, poisoning had something oh, no. to do with it. Oh, but she was such a cool person. I mean, the, she was an abolitionist and a feminist yeah. and she was very outspoken in terms like education and she sure. was involved in the Civil War and... All sorts of cool things. She was right. a really, really um, awesome lady. I read. I read that fans, when they would write to her, that they would that they would address their letters to Miss March or to Joe. And she wouldn't correct. Yeah, them. she wouldn't she would correct them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> in a way, she is. In a way, she is Joe. Absolutely. She was Joe. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Before we get too into talking about all of the characters and a little bit of the story of Little Women, I think we have to recognize. That this is, let me count them all. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> this is our seventh uh, Winona Ryder movie that we've done on the podcast. Ooh, so I feel Ryder. like it's wow. the most actresses that we've covered. It's Kirsten Dunst. Love that. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, we've done a Love. lot. Love Nicole. Um, yeah. And Drew Barrymore. Sure. Yeah. yeah so, like, yeah. And Winona Ryder is now on that list. I don't have the numbers for all the actresses and episodes, but the Winona Ryder movies that we have covered on the show are Bram Stoker's Dracula, Heather's, Mermaids, Black Swan, Reality Bites, Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, and now Little Women. Wow. And we always celebrate the high numbers of actresses with the Leading Ladies Quiz. A Leading Ladies Quiz. All right. I mean, she's kind of like an older sister on the pod. Wyona Ryder. She's an icon. She's an icon. She's a legend. A legend. And she is the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I just feel like at that time, like I said, she's like Gen X queen. If you were a teenager or adjacent. She was the biggest star in the 90s. In the early 20s she at the time. Was, she was the biggest star mm. in the world. Red hot, time. right? I mean, I, so when we did our Black Swan episode, I was talking to Kristen, my, my co-host, mm-hmm. who is unfortunately not here, but... Um, we were both talking about, well, what could we even compare Winona to? Right. What, like Jennifer Lawrence mm. circa 2015, yeah, maybe? Sure. Like, In that little brief span of time. But it was her, but it was Winona Jennifer for Lawrence years. was like everywhere, just ubiquitous. Yeah. Right. But I don't feel like we, I don't feel like as an audience, I mean, I was young and so I was just like, she's everything. So maybe, yes. so maybe I was biased, but I don't really think that there was ever that overexposure moment for Winona. I don't think it was yeah. ever a point where people, the audience was like her again. I, I don't think, think, we, got, I don't think we ever got there. I yeah. mean, I think that she probably got personally that she got burnt out in the early no, 2000s. Yeah. And that's, too. And that's but yeah, fine. Which, but I think mm-hmm. for a lot of times for stars today, that happens, you know, with Jennifer Lawrence and with, you know, even yes. with the Florence Pugh, you know, uh, having to kind of take a step back or, you know, Chris Pratt kind of a yep. thing where it's just there in everything. And Winona yep. kind of wasn't everything, but I still feel like she really only took things that she wanted to yes, do. Yes, she was very and so, particular with her roles. So they were all kind of varied and different and comedy here, a horror movie there, Drama, Dracula. Yeah. yeah. And so some period stuff, yeah. some like edgier nineties stuff. Yeah, she did, yeah. she did a lot. And I I will concede her British accent in Bram Stoker's Dracula is not quite pitch perfect, but you know It's <laughs> give, better than Keanu. It's better than Keanu. They're both Absolutely. given a little high school play, but Absolutely. that's why we love that movie. Yeah, but I mean I just yeah. I, I, I yeah, it was Heather's was everything for me, and so 
Yes. And Beetlejuice. So. All right. Let's begin. Let's okay, begin let's our this. quiz. So, all right, can okay. you two tackle kind of tag team the most known for on IMDb for one? Okay. Miss Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder's most known for on IMDb four movies that are clumped up at the top. Am I going first? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, guess guess guess, guess one. one. Ooh. Um, Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice is not there. <gasps> Surprising. Uh, what? I will have to say no, the four uh, movies I do think are quintessential Winona cinema, too. So they didn't pick anything random. Okay, quintessential Winona cinema, nothing random. I'm going to say Reality Bites. Reality Bites is not there. Uh, no way. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Ugh. That gets a that gets a great big. Uh, I can't believe that. That's that's crazy. Reality bites is not there. Okay, let's see another one. Emily, you pick another one. Uh, Little Women. <laughs> Little Women is there. Is, All right, is the Little number one movie. Yes. The movie that we are talking about yes. tonight. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, is Bram Stoker's Dracula on there? Bram Stoker's Dracula is not there. Uh, we have okay. So some hints for these. We have covered at least one of. We've covered one of these. Okay. And these other two could be future episodes. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Uh, my, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Or is it? It's your turn. Heathers? Heathers is not there. <gasps> oh, my what? gosh. Oh, what? We, we're striking All out right, left so and right. Let me give you some hints. Give us some, some years. So she made one of these movies in 1990, and her co-star is, was a very, very famous singer. I know it. Oh, go for it. Mermaids. Mermaids. Oh, yep. mermaids. Have you ever Super seen the music yes. video that her and Christina Ricci did for Mermaids with Cher? It's so fucking adorable. Yeah, I've seen the music video. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's so good. Okay, so we've got, so we've got Mermaids the, and Little Women. The Shoop songs. Love yes, it. the Shoop mm-hmm. Shoop songs. So good. Okay, so there's two more. Okay. Um, one of these was from the 90s. Actually, they're both from the 90s. I would think so. Oh. Okay, they're both 90s from the 90s. Um, we got Mermaids and we got Little Women. And we. Oh, gosh, I think knows. that they both qualify as Christmas movies. One of these would be up for debate. I think it's a Christmas movie. There is a holiday scene in it. Oh no! Can you give us a hint just to like? Okay, so period? one of these movies, the her coast. They are not both period pieces. One of them is her co-star ended up getting an Academy Award and kind of walked what? away with the movie. And that Wait, was probably that was probably not the idea when they made it that this would be the breakout role. The co-star walked away with the movie. And, and, and she won an Oscar. Oh, and it was a oh wait, is it um, Edward Scissorhands? Edward's, well, that's not the movie I'm talking about, but that is one of them. Oh. Okay. So Edward Scissorhands <laughs> is in her most known for. Okay, so we've got Edward Scissorhands. Uh, wait, holiday Little scene. Little Women, Mermaids, and, mermaids. and Edward Scissorhands, okay. and there's one more. Her that's co-star a, won an Oscar. Oscar? I'm like, what movie? Her co-star what? won a supporting actress Oscar. It's not the House of Spirits. No. It's not the age of innocence, is nope. it? We're going late nineties. Late nineties. It is set oh. in the sixties. Oh, 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 oh! It's Girl Interrupted. Oh. Girl Interrupted from nineteen ninety nine. Angelina Jolie. No, that's the nineties. Yeah, Angelina Jolie, and you know Angie kind of deservedly got the Oscar. She's really good in it. Yeah. I do think that it's one of Winona be- Winona's best performances. Is in yeah. Is girl in, is in girl interrupted? Yeah, I think yeah. that she's she went really, really edgy. Good she kind of pushed she herself did. in that yeah, one. Absolutely. 
And of course, that's in the top, her most known for. It's, yeah, I see it every time I go to her page. Let's write that poster. Okay. I still can't believe Heather's is not in Heather's most is not oh there. Oh I guess, it's, I guess yeah. the, the substitute is Edward Cesarans. Sure. Too. That's her big, Maybe it's yeah. the Johnny Depp factor. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, All right. that's crazy. But she, I mean, just doing that game, I'm like, wow, she was in so many, so many. iconic <laughs> she's, movies. She's been in some bangers, but yeah. I think it's a pretty solid most known for it. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, do yes. you know what her legal last name is? I do. Pete. I don't. Um, I want to say that Winona Ryder's actual last name is Horowitz. Winona Laura Horowitz. Very good. Yeah. I was right. Wait, is she Jewish? Yeah, she is Jewish. I mean, from that time when you were an actress in Hollywood, that you were advised to change your last name if it sounded too Jewish. That's like like, uh, Natalie Portman, Uh who's, I think it's Schlegel or something, Mm -hmm. right? Or Herschlog. Herschlog, yes, I believe so. And yeah, Natalie Portman, born in Israel. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, Winona, I think, is from Petaluma. She's from. Yeah, she's from up north a little bit in California, like the Bay. Yeah. Well, this movie. Famously dedicated to Polly Klaas, which that was a whole thing. The little girl who went missing was from Petaluma. And Winona was very... Is it dedicated to her? The end of the movie, yeah. It's at, oh, the, wow. it's at the end of the credits. It's not I at the don't think I ever knew that. We yeah. talked about that on our Welcome Home Roxy Carmichael episode. Did you, is that one also dedicated to Polly Klaas? No, I mean, that oh, was okay. from 1990. Got it. Um, do you know what her, her two Oscar nominations are? One's in leading, well, others she, in supporting. Oh, sorry. I know she was nominated for Age of Innocence. Age of Innocence, Best Supporting Actress, yep. And, and she, I'm pretty sure she was nominated for Little Women. That, those are the two. There Very good. Go. Yay. Yay. Do you know what her debut movie was? Oh. Pete, you, sh- you should know. She's probably really, really young. I'm going to oh. say it's Lucas. It is Lucas. Yay, Lucas oh. with, uh, with Corey Haim. With Corey Haim. She's really good in Lucas. Um, that was kind of one of the main reasons why uh, Tim Burton cast her in, in Beetlejuice, too. Okay. Because he was a big Lucas fan. Um, you do you know what the highest grossing movie of her career is? Ooh. Wait, let me think. Let me think. This one was interesting. Was that I had forgotten that she's in this. No. Black Swan is the second, though. Black Swan made $331 million. It made so much. And it had a it budget of a like lot. $12 million. Oh, yeah. wow. That is a ginormous <laughs> yeah. profit. Smash Huge it. Yeah. It is not the highest grossing, but okay. Black Swan is the second. Thing. Okay. So, Pete, oh, yes. I'm curious if you can, how long this is going to take you to it's get It's going to take me a minute. Okay, is it me, like a random movie where she's in it for it like two seconds? It is a random movie that she is in a handful of scenes in. She plays somebody's mom. This was a blockbuster. She's oh. it, it, it's kind of stunt casting. Like it was kind of a gag when you saw her in it. That oh shit, why don't writers? She plays a movie. mom. She plays a mom, and this oh, is a ringing a bell. This is ringing a bell. This is a this big is IP. Is it a superhero movie? No. This is a big IP that she grew up on, and that's why she wanted to be in the movie. Oh gosh, why do I not know it? Pete, think of the think of the tattoos on your arm. (laughs) Oh, Johnny! Wait, oh, I was gonna say I was was thinking Johnny Depp's tattoos. Not not the Wino Forever, not Beetlejuice. Wino Forever. She's nobody's mother in Beetlejuice. Are the tattoos? Oh, oh, okay. It's uh, it's uh, uh, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek 2009. Star Trek 2009. She plays I Spock's mother. I remember that now. No, I do remember. Well, yeah, like, you kind of what? forget that she's in it. <laughs> yeah, so that mm-hmm. it counts because she is in that movie. She plays Spock's mother. Wow. Oh, goodness. Um, Wonder Writer had a big 94. 
So the year that she made Little Women, she voiced a character on The Simpsons. What is the name of the character? (laughs) One of my favorite episodes. I think this is one of my favorite guest starred episodes. Oh, Scott. She's Lisa, I don't know because I'm not a Lisa's okay. rival. She's, it's, the episode is called Lisa's Rival. She plays Lisa's rival. She plays a girl who comes to Springfield Elementary and is in Lisa's class. And she's as smart, if not smarter. She, <laughs> she plays a saxophone just a little bit better. And she gets first chair. She <laughs> Love that. actually skipped a grade. So she's younger than Lisa. She plays anagrams with her father for fun. And so this is a pretty concise character bio. The, you should know the name. The anagram of, yeah, of everything about her. The anagram <laughs> of funny. Alec Guinness that she comes up with is genuine class. <laughs> but the name of the character is. Is it like a joke or a no, reference? No, it's not. I, I was I was just, just curious if he could get this. Because they keep Allison on as a background ah, character, like all Allison. throughout now. <laughs> Allison, I just gave it away. You just gave it away. Allison Jones, Allison. or no? I'm sorry, Allison Taylor. Allison Taylor. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, no, I wouldn't have got that. I see, but I knew everything else about the episode. Yeah, I knew her. I yes, knew her he, anagram of Alec in Guinness. great detail. <laughs> I didn't think about the I anagram as a question, but that's pretty good. <laughs> um, she was also in the movie Reality Bites. Yes. Do you know the character name of her in Reality Bites? <laughs> Uh, I don't know the character's last name, but they call her Lainey for short, and uh, her full name is like Lelena or something. Lelena. Lelena yeah. Pierce. Lelena Pierce. Well, I would say Lelena. the characters kind of reflect each other for with like Little oh, Women Joe Reality and, Bites. And this character. Like you true. think that, wow, that's range. But I mean, when you think about it, they're both young women. Like they're both rebellious. kind of yeah. rebellious. I mean, one is a writer. The other is an aspiring documentarian. So they kind of mirror each other. I think that Lainey in Reality Bites is, while she's 23, she just, it's that, it's that quintessential Gen X story of just like, I kind of feel stuck in my life. I don't really have, I have ambition, but I'm struggling to kind of make something out of it. And yeah. yeah. And the circumstances are very different, but just based on the time frame and, and all of that, they kind of they kind of line up a bit. But I, I see what you're saying and I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. Um one more for character name. Do you know what her character name in Alien Resurrection is? She's in an alien movie. <laughs> these are all Oh these... that's right, the third one. The third was one was that the Fincher one, the one that was like crazy. No, it's no. not Fincher. It's actually the fourth one. Alien three is David Fincher. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Alien three is David Fincher. This is Alien Four, directed by Jean uh uh Jean Pierre Genet, who directed Amelie, and she plays an android by the name of Call. Call. Very good. <laughs> are you are just an me. alien stan? Have you seen all of the movies? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Including the reboots, Prometheus and uh and, Alien um, Covenant. Alien Covenant. They're making they're making the FX show soon. They are, yep. and there okay. is, there's actually uh, uh, an Alien game that is on the PlayStation Network that I'm kind of wanting to download, but I'm kind of hearing it's not that great. So we'll see. <laughs> so Wyona Ryder was such a huge star in the '90s that she did either turn down or was nearly cast in a handful of pretty big movies that I'm curious to see if you can get. Do you know what a Tim Burton movie was that she turned down after Edward Scissorhands? Offered to her point blank that it is yours if you want it. And she turned it down. She said no. What was he making after like... Well, you're not saying direct the next one after Edward Scissorhands. No, just just like Tim Burton movie. Post 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 Edward Scissorhands. Scissorhands. It wasn't like one of the Batman ones, was it? No. 
Um, Sleepy Hollow? Sleepy Hollow. Ooh. Oh. Probably just because would it would be working that. so close with, with, an ex, with an ex-boyfriend. Sure. But oh. I can totally see Winona as the, the Christina, Christina Ricci character. role. Yeah. Her, other, her former co-star. <laughs> yeah. Christina Ricci. Small world, that, right? I mean, right. Yeah, how about that? That's that's. I didn't even think of that. So she turned down also a 90s remake of a classic movie. Did it get made? It did get made. Okay. This is, I mean, a pretty big, um, this role ended up, no, did not win the leading lady in Oscar. She already, I think that she already had an Oscar. It's a remake, a remake? of a classic movie. Of a classic movie from the 50s. From the 50s. Mm-hmm. What the year? Per- what? And the actress won an Oscar, you said? No, she, she did not win an Oscar. She, she had, had just won. She had okay. just won. Okay. You were confused. I was confused. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. What year did the actual movie come out? Hold on. Let me see. Oh. Yeah, I think we're going to have to, like, need more. We're going to need more context for this one. This The remake came out in 1995. The original came out in 1954. And the original stars Audrey Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart. It is directed by Billy Wilder. Oh, Sabrina. Sabrina. Yep. Sabrina. Oh, Sabrina. Duh. It, ended up, it <laughs> ended up going to Julia Ormond. Yeah. Okay. She was offered Sabrina. She was offered Sabrina. Okay. I didn't know that. Interesting. I like it. So this is a famous Hollywood story that I do not know it's true. I don't think either of them have ever gone on the record saying that it's real. Actually, maybe Winona has, but I'm curious to see if you can get it. What role did an actress allegedly steal from Winona after she saw the script sitting on her coffee table. I've always heard this story. <laughs> it's kind of shady. I don't it's think Titan- it's it's completely... It's not like, Titanic, is it's it? It's not Titanic, even though I'm sure that Winona was on the short list of roses, though. I think she was. I think she was. I believe she wow, was. Wow. Yeah. So this is a movie made pretty close to Titanic. And the woman who actually and starred in it, has she told this story? Saying, I like, don't know. I stole the script. But I've always read this, and I know that... The actress that allegedly stole the script was up for Rose and Titanic, and she was very close to getting it. She did a famous screen <gasps> test with Matthew oh. McConaughey. Wait, is it Gwyneth Paltrow? It is Gwyneth Paltrow. Do you know what it was for? Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love. Uh. Yeah. I don't know if that is real. I like to think it's real. I yeah. love that. <laughs> I mean, it totally makes sense that they would have been pals in around New York at the time, yeah. and Wyona Ryder was probably considering oh Shakespeare in love and she just had wow. the script in her uh, apartment or like oh, wherever she was it's living. so funny. I wonder though that, Oh, I love <laughs> stories like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. That's so amazing. one more, this, um, okay. she we was rejected. Right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> she was rejected. You for, for it. She, yeah, she, yep. She was rejected for a role in a Tom Cruise movie because the director thought they looked too much like brother and sister. <laughs> I can see it. I can, I see, can it. see it. Do you know uh, what it was for? Okay, so it was a love interest. God, love it. Wait, oh, he was in so many movies. I though. know. Oh Big Tom gosh. movie from the 90s. Which one could it have been? Big Tom movie from oh. the 90s. So, romantic. I'm, like, how old? Can you, can you tell us how old Winona was, like, at the time? Oh, this, she like, would early probably 90s, have been. It? She probably would have been in her mid to late 20s at the time it's not like one of the mission impossibles is it no it's not far and away is it nope. no no um, was nicole with tom yeah uh, so not the race car one. tom ended up getting an oscar nomination for this movie and he was oh, probably uh, very close jerry to winning. jerry mcguire oh. Tommy, can you hear me? <laughs> i could i could see her love it 
and Jerry Maguire, but I I mean I guess they could read his brother and sister. I like Renee. I, I like Renee. I, I think yeah. Renee's really good Renee, in it. Yeah, so Renee's, Renee's good. Yes. So yeah, that's our leading ladies All quiz right. for Nona Writer. Yay. Leading lady quiz. I'm trying to get this down the pause down. There you go. It was fun. That was fun. That was, that was fun. fun. Seven seven movies and counting on the pod, and we'll probably get to probably get to a couple more. So speaking of kind of the numbers of our podcast, this movie is directed by Jillian Armstrong. Mm-hmm. She is a New Zealand director. Her big breakout movie was My Brilliant Career with Sam Neill. That she was kind of <gasps> and offered. Judy Davis. And Judy, Judy Davis. Davis. Oh. Yep. So I think that they we're in the right mindset at the time that Denise Denovi wanted a woman to direct this movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she was, that was kind of an international breakout was my brilliant career. So she ended up directing little women. So I was looking at our numbers on our podcast of, I was curious how many movies by female directors have we talked about on the show? And surprisingly, I was thinking like, is this going to be something sad? Like we've only talked about like five <laughs> movies or something in the 200 some episodes, but we have, talked about 21 movies directed by women okay awesome. which is which is kind of cool out i mean of when 220 you, out of 220 <laughs> i mean I, I don't know what percentage <laughs> that is but it's probably a lot more than other movie podcasts mm-hmm. so i think you're right mm-hmm. yes but yeah i mean we have kind of a fun list of movies directed by by women i mean barbara's Barbara and Yentl, Clueless, the Brady Bunch Barbara movie. <laughs> We've done two Sofia Coppola movies. Okay. Yes. Party Girl, Party Grease Girl, Two, yeah. Yeah. American Psycho. We have some kind of random movies of our catalog director. Wait, you did thir- you did thirteen. We did right? thirteen. Catherine Hardwick. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the oh, the one oh, damn it. The Village People movie. Catherine, the Village Catherine People Bigelow, movie. right? You've done Catherine Bigelow with like. I don't think we've I don't think done, we've done a, Catherine a Catherine Bigelow movie on the show. Yeah. We should. Yeah. What What's like a Catherine Bigelow movie that we could talk about? What was about? that crazy surfing one? The homoerotic. Oh, surfing Point one. Break. <laughs> we We have to talk about Point I think Break. That would next be the one that we would show. do. That's probably the one yeah. that we yeah. would do on the show. And you know, yeah. our most downloaded episode. It's Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> Greta Gerwig, yeah. so topical. Greta Gerwig. So yeah, I mean, just kind of a shout out to um, Julian Armstrong. I know that she hasn't done anything big in the past two years. I mean, was she doing yeah. TV? She might be doing TV. I saw that she directed the Charlotte Gray with Kate Blanchett, and that was seen as a major disappointment at the time when it came out. So she doesn't work a lot in Hollywood anymore, but she directed Little Women. Work. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you can say that you directed 1994's Little Women, I think you yeah. have yeah. accomplished a lot in your life. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> okay, so we've talked a lot about Wyona Writer. Let's break down some some more of these actors. Well, I, I do want to say Love that this that. movie, this movie fits into Winona Writer writing in a journal uh, cinema. cinema. Yeah. Because she does... Because I was watching her write, and I was like, oh, that's that very specific Winona Writer like the way she holds a pen and i was like why do i know how yeah. Winona writer holds a pen because <laughs> is she left-handed or something no it's oh, just okay. she she does this thing where she holds it between her index finger and her pinky finger and it's very like it l- kind of looks correct but it's like not i don't know um but she she writes in her journal in heathers in beetlejuice uh in dracula 
Uh, yes, she's the type in Dracula. I don't know, I'm a typewriter like, too. With the quill or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does get to type in Dracula, but yeah, she. There's a lot of Winona doing voiceover as she's journaling. Oh, and in, uh, in Girl Interrupted. I mean, Girl all Interrupted, Girl, yeah. Girl Interrupted is, yeah. is based on journal entries. Epistolary, if you will. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, this this falls into the Winona right the Winona journaling cinema, which I which I love so much. But um, yes. Uh, yeah, let's talk about, um, I mean, I guess we can talk about Trini Alvarado. <laughs> Trini Alvarado, um, have you ever seen a movie with Trini Alvarado that she made when she was probably 13 or 14 years old called Times Square? No, I Put really that only on know her list. from Little Women. I mean, it's kind of I a random, it's kind of a random movie that I had not heard about until friend of the pod, Millie DeCherico, was talking about it on the new Beverly podcast, but Times Square is a trip. And yeah, it's good. She is a thirteen-year-old in that movie. Like she is a child, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that she does a lot of work on the stage. Not really an actress that you really see in a lot of movies anymore. But I mean, she was working yeah. a lot at this time. I just remember seeing her name in the credits of this movie and being like, "Trini Alvarado, is she my cousin?" Do I know? I mean, I know a lot. I know a lot of. I know. I'm surprised that that's her name. I was like, she's so white. Yeah, she's actually. (laughs) Yeah, she's actually Puerto Rican, mother and father. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. But yeah, very, very fair. Which just just to tell you, being Caribbean and, uh, you know. Latin Caribbean, it's like all over the place. You can you can be very it's like, very like when when Rita Moreno was in West Side Story and they painted that awful makeup on Absolutely. everyone, and she was like telling them like, no, I'm like, actually people Puerto have Rican. All different skin tones in Puerto <laughs> yeah. Rico. What are you doing? Yeah, she's like, I'm one of the actual few actual Puerto Ricans on this movie, and yeah. you don't have to darken me up. But yeah, um, yeah, I remember seeing. And, you know, in junior high or whatever, when this came out, no, I was well into high school by 94. Yeah. And just thinking, Trini Alvarado. I have like aunts named or like cousins named Trini. Like it's short for like Trinidad, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, and Alvarado is just a is a, a Latin last name. So I yeah. was just like, Trini, that's so interesting. Which one is she? And I was like, oh, she's that one. She just looks like one of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> I remember her after this movie. I remember her from an early Peter Jackson movie called The Frighteners. Yeah. With Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Um, it's not the best movie out there, but it's a. Good, I don't really care for it. Scott doesn't care for yeah. it, but it's early. Pre Heavenly Creatures, Peter Jackson. It absolutely is. I yeah. think that it's in the the years after oh, Heavenly Creatures came out. Actually, think? Oh, I, th- okay. I think it was really? this big like. Wait, have you done Heavenly Creatures? After- we have not done Heavenly Creatures. Yeah, you know what's oh. funny about Heavenly Creatures is we were very close to doing it the week that we were going to record it with our friend Zoe, and Heavenly Creatures is one of those movies. Nowhere to be found on streaming anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Like, there's just something weird about the rights of that movie that you cannot digitally stream that movie anymore. You need a physical copy of it. Which we don't have. No, we we do. Oh, we do have it. We actually do have a physical copy of it. But I just decided not to – just to hold off doing it for right now until – Viewers can get a hold of it. So, uh, so Trini is in the Frighteners, which is ninety six. So it is after Heavenly Creatures. But I just like it because anything we can get our hands on with Michael J. Fox, I'm here for. You know, <laughs> uh, keep him safe at all costs. Yeah, you know what I mean. We and, love Michael. Um, it's a fun. Yeah. It's a horror comedy, which there just aren't enough of. It's Peter Jackson, so I just have this like right. soft spot for it. But in mm-hmm. the long run. It's flawed. But she's in it and she's great in that. But that's really all I know her from. I remember her from Little Children. She is one of the mothers from oh, the park okay. in Little Children. 
the um Todd Todd Fields Todd Haynes Todd Fields Todd Fields with Kate Winslet again right Kate Winslet in that one but she plays um she plays Meg March she is the eldest sister I was gonna say is 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 Meg anyone's favorite Sure. No. No, not really. <laughs> really? No. 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 And I remember at the time when they did casting announcements for the Greta Gerwig movie that Emma Stone was close to being Meg, which would have been maybe distracting to have Weird. somebody that famous as Meg. Emma and Saoirse together. No. Sure. And like Emma Stone's vibe is so different yeah I, I think she has too much personality right, right. <laughs> unfortunately give it to, to hermione granger <laughs> so okay so like, yeah <laughs> my, my, my take away from like the the sisters and their types is that meg being the oldest she's the i always kind of took that she was supposed to be like the more beautiful one, like she's just the prettiest. Yes. She's the one that's going to be married off the easiest, right? Because she's and that's so what pretty. she wants, and, that, and, and she wants, and she wants to be a mother. She wants it too, yeah. right? And yeah. they all have their different wants and all that. Oh, and kind of speaking of which, what I hadn't really thought about until our most recent viewing was, I started looking into this whole idea of genteel poverty. Right. Yeah. Sure. They're they're you know, yeah. a think, comfortable middle class. I think but we this talked about Civil War times. I think we talked about this on our on your Meet Me in St. Louis episode. The idea <laughs> yes, of of did. genteel poverty, right? And the fact that they make mention a lot of the fact that they don't have much, and you know, and oh, finally we get to have butter and all that. But at the same time, they live in a spacious, they have a maid. beautiful house with a maid. Right. So this is an idea that kind of is from this era of a little bit more of a yeah. caste system in society. And I think that's part of why people really responded to the 1933 version. You're right. It is 33. Um, I think that's why people responded at the time to the 33 version of that this would have been audiences during the Great Depression that we yeah. can relate to this family, but there's still sort of some escapism with it too. Right. Yes. But what I hadn't thought about was the fact that this family has only daughters. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And when these At daughters... At a time when yeah. that... Who's they gonna, can't they have to be gonna, who's gonna, They can't go pursue an education yeah. or... It's like all they could, their options, as, as, as you said, the daughters of a upper middle class family mm. would be governess, teacher, that's right. it. Yeah. And <laughs> I, was, I, I, I thought about that earlier because I was like, wow, what were their options? Because None. usually yeah. when we think None. of class mobility, like mm-hmm. in the past, it, it was you know very difficult to move upward. But I think in a weird way, um, the, those rigid class structures prevented downward mobility in a way right. because it's not like they could go be a maid you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. unless times got really it, tough yeah it's like your option is governess or like ladies companion mm, okay sure or you could just run um the like, johnny guitar bar <laughs> like Joan. Yeah. Yep. you could like rent you could like rent rooms or something yeah. that you know that's kind of what that's about it she maybe maybe joe could go to like a normal school and become a teacher but like uh, this is new england too so yeah her options were were very very limited so so the idea being that if this is your family and Mm -hmm. you and your husbands or you and your wife have children and they're all girls Mm -hmm. you're 
stressful. Your goal, stressful. Yeah, it's stressful. Your goal is to marry them off and to marry them well. Somebody has to inherit He's the orchard my house. My daughters, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I never really kind of thought of it in those terms. I guess I just, that's my privilege, just being like, I don't really have to think about that kind of stuff. And so now it's, it's just economic, like. It just, it's an economic necessity. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea that Beth, as a kind of character beat, is just, mm-hmm. hey, I look pretty cute. I I you mean like, Meg. I mean, oh, wait, Meg. No, Meg. I'm sorry. I meant Meg. Meg. I'm sorry. Meg. I meant Meg. You're right. You're right. Meg. So Meg's idea. Uh, Meg's character is just like, I I look pretty good. I like being a girlfriend. I would love to be a wife and a mother. So that's going to be my goal, and that's mm-hmm. my, that's my kind of character arc. And it's like mm-hmm. that's probably fits pretty well into that's, a lot of that's kind of every woman. Girls were kind of bred, yep. that's what yeah. girls were bred to do. Yeah. So and so she was just kind of what she was conditioned to do. Yeah, yeah. And the but the idea too is also that these four girls are all very extraordinary in their own way, right? They're all different. Yeah. yeah. I think mostly kind of maybe Joe and Amy are the ones that have the most like artistic endeavors and funky. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's your one true beauty, your hair, <laughs> epic, epic burn. <laughs> what shade? What shade? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, I just I always thought that that or I thought that that was a, a very uh, interesting kind of viewpoint of them as characters and just like I mean, to to some people it could be like, oh, all she wants to do is like marry herself off and just be a wife but at the same time she could be thinking about it too like i need to provide for my mother when she gets to be at at march's age who the hell knows what's gonna happen with these three weirdos like somebody's gotta take care of marmy and that's something that they do really successful i mean not to keep going back to the greta gerwig movie but we kind of have to with these conversations that's something that they do really successful with that character of being a young mother at that time yeah, too, and just yeah. kind of class issues that the marches, yeah. while they're middle class, they can't afford to have brand new dresses for all these girls. Like you're going to be wearing the hand-me-down ball gown when you go out, right? And the shoes from the rag bin that Meg wears <laughs> yes. to the ball or the little party the, she goes to. Yeah. She's like, I hope no one notices that from the rag bin. <laughs> <laughs> and she ends up breaking her ankle or spraining her ankle at least. Oh, All right. Meg. Let's oh, keep Meg. going down oh, of the Mart sisters. Okay. So the character of Beth, played by Claire Danes, who was um, oh, I love her. recommended love her. who was recommended by Winona Ryder because Winona Ryder, like us, was a big my so called life fan. Work. So she oh, recommended her so 90s. Wyona Ryder recommended the casting of Claire Danes and Christian Bale. Okay. Love it. So Wynona well, should be your casting director. Yeah. <laughs> and they I mean they worked. Great choices. Um yeah, I think Claire Danes is very effective in this. Claire Danes, as we all know, great crier. Ah, uh, those Claire Danes waterworks. <laughs> I, know, I was going to say the Claire Danes cry face. Yeah, I was yeah. like, there it is. And there we, it is. Yeah, There's the moneymaker. We, we absolutely yep. get it in this. She also, I mean, when when did when did you point it out, Scott? The Claire Danes cry when she gets the piano. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. You see, you see those waterworks. I love that. But I love that. Did you two notice? Okay, so Beth's okay. I'm going to rewind it a little bit. <laughs> Let's talk about Beth's character arc. Her character, her character is one that 
Joe's rambunctious and she loves telling stories and acting. She's kind of, I mean, she, she's the theater kid of the bunch. She has a lot of theater kid energy. Right, right. Which I think that you really <laughs> see in this one in particular yeah. with all of the yeah. cinematic jokes. They're you playing, you really kind of get, you really yeah. get like theater kid energy yeah. from Winona. And she, and she uh, knows that, that she knows that Meg is the beautiful one. And I think Beth mm-hmm. is just like, I don't need any of that stuff. I like my piano. I like being at home. I like being with my sister. Very retiring, yeah. quiet, sweet. So her, yeah. so her whole character beat is just like I just want to be with my family, play the piano, and be happy with with my sisters and hang out at home. She seems contented. She's yeah. not like ambitious like Joe is. She's just right. happy to be with her sisters at right. home. And so she did. Is it a thing that she didn't? go to school or she's not going to school or something like that. Like, I think they oh. just, she doesn't want to go to school. Is it because she was sickly? Is, is that I why? Remember. I can't remember. I think it's a thing that she just doesn't really like feel the need to go or something. So she was just like, I'm just going to stay at home and help. And then she also is starting to do a little bit of a governess thing with that damn, the Hinkles, who's the family. <laughs> oh my oh. God. Oh, I just thought that she was just like taking care of these like immigrant kids yeah i think she was just just helping him out i mean that i mean kind of the famous scene of the book that they give away their christmas 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 breakfast breakfast to a family in need this is like how kind-hearted she is i'm I'm confusing it with joe because because joe was teaching that the that that family of naughty kids but but Uh my my point was when she goes (laughs) to take beth goes to take like food or something to the poor, mm-hmm. to the poor family, and they only speak German, and the baby's crying, and the mom's just like, "Oh my goodness, I just have children, you know, old woman little shoe, children everywhere," and she hands a baby to Beth. And oh, the, her face and her face. Yeah. The acting is yes, so good. I was gonna mm-hmm. say on that scene when she grabs the baby, she's gonna cry like she's like. What, what do I do? do? I don't know I what do? to do. Yeah, get this, get this that, sick kid away from do, me. Do you think that was the direct? Do you think Jillian gave her that direction, or that know. was just Claire Danes? Yeah, being I don't awesome. know. It could be Claire Danes <laughs> being great. It could have been both. Yeah, but I mean, the fact yeah. that she pulled this verge of tears, and we, and I think that's the thing. We all, as the audience, are just like you put yourself in that situation. Just like you, I don't know what to do. Yeah, helpless yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, she's a child herself, you know, and she's just like, oh my god, hand me this baby. Am I supposed to do here? Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder if there has to be like a YouTube, like Claire Danes crying compilation. Absolutely. There has to be. <laughs> there has to be. <laughs> like she's a terrific actress, but she does cry in a very specific way. That's not like mm-hmm. character specific. It's just Claire Danes Claire crying. Claire Danes specific. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking like, of Click and Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. And the, even on Homeland, you know, oh, she yeah, just has yeah, that yeah. Claire Danes crying yep, yep. face. I mean, <laughs> speaking of Claire Danes crying, there is a scene with Claire Danes that I will mm-hmm. kid you not. Every single time I watch it, I mm-hmm. will get misty eyed. Her big <laughs> scene with Wyona Ryder, and she's when she and, dies, and she says, she and and she says the line, "I love being home, but I don't like being left behind." Like that line delivery yeah. just kills me. Yeah, because yeah. Joe goes off to the to but the big I, city. 
I thought you were going to say it was when she was dying because I cried. No, that's yeah, that's a, that's, that's a deathbed scene. scene. That's yeah. the scene. Oh, I mean, yeah. where it was? Yeah. Oh, was yeah. that the one? That's the deathbed the, the thing scene. I remember, the, the line I remember from that scene is when she says, I'll be homesick for you even in heaven. Yes. Oh, my, God, oh, no. oh, my gosh. It's right before she says that <laughs> line. Now, oh. now, listeners, I hope you're not upset that we spoiled this 150-year-old. <laughs> story <laughs> story but uh if you're a fan of friends emily i don't know if you watch friends not not really oh, no okay. there's there's an episode where joey and rachel switch books and rachel reads the shining and joey reads little women and they kind of t- get into a little fight and they start spoiling uh-huh. they start spoiling the books for each other uh-huh it's really funny all right okay <laughs> Lori proposes to Joe, and she says no, even though she's still in love with him. And then he ends up marrying Amy. Hey, mine was by accident. All right. The boiler explodes and destroys the hotel and kills the dad. Uh, Beth dies. Beth dies? Is that true? Beth dies? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, was, I, I mean, I know Friends is kind of controversial these days. I still think it's funny. I laugh every time. And when 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 Rachel just says, Beth dies, I always... <laughs> that's so funny. And that, and that joke, because that Joey is so involved in it. When yes, she, he's when, invested. Yeah, he's when invested. she tells a story about Lori marrying Amy, even though Joe's still in love with him, you could hear people in the audience. You can hear the women in the audience go <gasps> like they they still they still feel that. And I mean, we're we're gonna talk about Amy. Well, let's get into in a minute. Let's get into okay. Amy. So <laughs> prior to the Greta Gerwig movie, Amy was always the character that whenever I would talk to uh, girls about this movie, they would always say, "Fuck Amy, I hate that character." And oh, now. <laughs> Amy's everybody's favorite character, Lawrence thanks to Pugh. Lauren yes. Pugh's Oscar-nominated performance of yep. this generation. Of the yes, and I think the way maybe Greta wrote her, yes. yes. But also, I think politics have really changed a lot too. Yes, so. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yes, but she gets she gets that really great speech with with Lori in the Greta Gerwig yeah. version. Well, I mean, there's kind of a reflected speech with Samantha Mathis. In, but in I feel like too. it's less I mean it's it's less like yeah effective. I will have almost. to say Samantha Mathis's casting, I mean no shade to Samantha Mathis, yeah. lover, yeah. but I think she's a little flat in this movie. And yeah. were you reading I agree. about I agree. who Jillian Anderson, uh, Jillian Anderson, I'm going to say <laughs> that like I'm going to say hey, that like I five more times on this. I could see Jillian Anderson of 1994 being in this movie. Absolutely. I could see Jillian Anderson playing a good marmy now. You could play Marmy now. Yeah, She'd be great, yeah. actually. Um, but That's... I feel like she would probably go for the um, who's the who's the old lady, the uh, one that Meryl plays, Aunt March, the, the one? one that like Meryl plays. I mean, Aunt March. Jillian Anderson's like a fun, kooky character actress, so she could be a fun <laughs> Aunt March. She'd, want, too. she'd want to be Aunt March. She'd want to be Aunt March. Okay, so who did so who did so the director want? Jillian to be? Armstrong said her favorite audition for Amy was Reese Witherspoon. Okay. That she oh, thought that, that she been... was most impressed yes. with Reese Witherspoon's audition, and for some reason, the casting director just went with Samantha Mathis. Reese, yeah, yeah. I wonder. It, it's so crazy, though. Um, how I, I love Kirsten Dunst in this movie. Same. I think yes. she definitely She's outshines really um, her older Absolutely. counterpart for sure. Yes. yes. But 
only four years is supposed to pass, and sure. all of a sudden she's yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like twenty five. Yeah, years old. like probably it's wild. Like probably yeah. with the casting of Reese Witherspoon, you could have probably have gotten away with the Florence Pugh approach yeah. and just, just used her, her in yeah. the entire Same movie. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think that they change actresses. In the older movies the older for Amy. Movies. I think that, well, I mean, Liz Taylor plays her in the 40s movie. I mean, it's, or in the, yeah, in the 40s movie. And it's like Child Elizabeth Taylor, like the most beautiful But isn't, woman that, the, but the, isn't that the one where their ages are different? Yes, they, they switch them. It's Margaret O'Brien where, and Beth. Where she looks like 30 years old, Elizabeth, yeah. when she was like 12. Yes. Just because of how beautiful she was and how they styled yes, her. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I think they all look 30 in the in the 40s version, though. Like, right? Didn't Janet, everyone? Yeah. I don't know. Janet Lee. <laughs> that yeah, was like, oh my thing. gosh. But, okay, this is like sidetrack. But when we did um, Harvey Girls, mm-hmm. and we we... I learned that Angela Lansbury was like twenty in oh that. Oh my gosh! It's that, <laughs> I it's lost that my Angela. Shit. It's that yeah. Angela face. She's. Shit. I mean, she's always read like that her entire career. She looks. She looks thirty-five. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's cool. She's beautiful in that movie. But I could. I was. I could not believe she was like twenty years old. Yeah. No. But um, I know that Kirsten <laughs> Dunst was a last-minute casting. I think that they held off casting the younger version of amy until the last minute they may have even Mm. been shooting some of the movie and the casting director had word that a movie interview with the vampire was being (laughs) shot at the moment Mm. and the little girl from interview with the vampire see this girl yeah really good and you have to see her yep the range the The range range. range. yeah i mean only like released like less than a month apart from each other yeah it's interesting that kirsten is so good she's so dynamic as this character she just gives her such a personality and it's just really it's just all gone it's gone (laughs) it's gone i think that really is the performance i think unfortunately but um because yeah you could you could say that you know you grow out of you know these little childhood she had been been, like spending too much time with aunt march but I mean, I, I, but I think it really does come down to the to the performance, and I don't know. Maybe it's- and, and I mean, yeah, Florence Pugh. I mean, what a powerhouse actress, and yeah. one of the great. You know, she's going to be one of the greats of her generation. Mm-hmm. So, and she, but she definitely did something where the early scenes, the younger Amy, she was playing it a little bit more. You know, a little younger, yeah. a little bit more juvenile. But then yeah. you still. I don't know if it's just because yeah. it's just her that we're able to kind of marry the two, but yeah, something yeah. something about seeing her later on um, in this one, I was just like, hmm. I agree. There just seems to be a disconnect. It literally is two different people, but I yeah. think if she could have matched the performance better, yeah. or just the direction. I don't know. Yeah. I I'm not sure what went what went wrong. And it's just that like. Amy has a lot of fun little things because she's the kid. She gets like the little kid kind of stuff, you know, the mm-hmm. things with the the limes and her desk and, you know, talking about mm-hmm. how and just those weird little things that are like popular at your school that don't make any sense and for no reason. The limes? Yeah. Where she's like, my limes. Yeah. <laughs> all the girls have to have limes in their desk and all this stuff. And that oh, I yeah. love the beat and they don't really explain it. You have to listen carefully. But she has a clothespin on her nose. Oh, yes. She's trying to change the shape of her nose. She's trying to make her nose thinner. And they never, they never, she never says like, I hate my nose. I wish it was thinner. 
She just walks around with a clothespin it. on. She's just doing and it. And then Joe the, the kind stupid of, shit that, that kids the do. The stupid shit yeah. that kids do. And then Joe kind I of knew, I had I had a friend who would do that to her nose. <laughs> <laughs> but she would just like press on it with her fingers like this. Yeah. She yeah, could yeah, put yeah. a clothespin yeah. on it. <laughs> but it's like I knew kids who like when I got braces, there were kids who would be like, I wish I had braces. I'm like, why? Why do you wish you or had braces? Or I want braces? glasses. I, yeah, I, I want, want glasses. glasses. I want a know. cast. Just wanting to have a cast. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was probably one of those you get attention. Kids. You know, people yeah. like right mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, when she gets her hands like slapped by the mean teacher after uh, and, dropping and her, her lines her in the snow. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, then let, let's talk about Marmy. Let's talk. Let's start talking about Ooh, the casting of Susan Sarandon. Um, so when you listen to the commentary, Julian Flatout says it was between Meryl Streep, Susan Sarandon. Wow. Of that, oh. those were the two that wow. it was wow. either one of them was probably going to end up with this role and they offered it to Susan. Susan initially was hesitant about taking it just because it would have been about around the time that her kids were going back to school. But she ultimately oh. took the movie just because she was a working mom at the time. She wanted a movie that her kids could watch and she just really responded to the source material. But yeah, I like her. I like her take on Marmy, and definitely like add some '90s feminism with this character. Sure. To that was yeah, probably that was yeah. probably a little missing from the other uh, adaptations. Yeah. Young ladies are unusually active, Mrs. Marx, if I may say so. <laughs> you may indeed, Mr. Burton. It is my opinion that young girls are no different than boys in their need for exertion. Feminine weakness and fainting spells are the direct result of our confining young girls to the house, bent over their needlework and restrictive corsets. Yeah, uh, I think, and then she bears, I think, mm, I think she bears a closer resemblance to the girls cast as her daughters than yeah, uh, Meryl yeah. would have as well. Since they're all dark hair. Susan and yeah. uh, Winona, for sure, I think, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I've always just been like what the hell is marmy what the hell what is this what is this word what does this mean i don't get it and then offhandedly when we're watching this i was like do you think in like the real ye old olden little women days (laughs) that these girls would have all just sounded like like Catherine Hepburn or like Jacqueline Bouvier <laughs> and just had that New England accent and just say, mommy, 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 mommy. So listen to this. This is in the IMDb trivia. Marmy is probably Louisa May Alcott's version of mommy. She was non-rotic, meaning that she did not pronounce her R's along with her fellow New Englanders. New England. Yeah, mommy. So she would have I could pronounced... that. that just reminds me of Catherine Hepburn in the Philadelphia story. Yeah. It was y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she would have probably pronounced Marmy as mommy. Mommy, the American pet name for mother, hadn't been written in formal literature at the time. I love, I love it. Mark Twain had used Ma and Pa and Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, but no one had yeah. written out the word mommy. mommy. In a formal book like this, this was the first time. So Alcott's New Englander guess could have been that the spelling was M-A-R-M-E-E. Although the movie's actors pronounce it Marmy, it should probably be pronounced Mommy. Yeah. So, I mean, is like that... Like, they're from Boston. They're, they're from, from Boston. Boston. They're from Concord. <laughs> they're from Concord, Massachusetts. So is that just generally <laughs> accepted as to what the hell that means? Because they all, so they all call her Marmy, as if that's that a, like a name. And, it, and it, 
I remember, you know, reading this in fifth grade and being and thinking that's so weird, but I'm just yeah. so used to it now that I, I don't even think it. about it being weird anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Marmy. Yeah, just that's, that's just Marmy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's always just stuck in my craw. Like, what the hell? Like, I don't think that these girls would be so familiar that they would call their if her name was Marmy that they would call their mother by their name. And then I think that the maid says like. Your marmy is home. Like, I think there's a line. <laughs> sure. like, it is weird. And she says, your marmy, you know? So I'm your like, marmy. your marmy. So it's just like, your mommy, your mommy's home, you know? So, That's just like in all of those, um, all of those, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of Jane Austen adaptations when they always address their mother as mom, because, but it's just the British pronunciation mom, of yeah, ma'am. ma'am. Yeah, exactly. Mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that kind of, that kind of like, Mm-hmm. regional dialect stuff is always yes. so, so interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. And exactly saying mom, saying mom, but it's ma'am, but it sounds like mom. Yeah. I think that's how um, you were, I think that's how you were supposed to address Queen Elizabeth. I think you were supposed yeah. to say mom. Oh, it's mom. Right? It's, it's mom, it's not ma'am. as in ham yeah. and not mom as in fall. I remember <laughs> yes. that from the queen with the Helen Mirren. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So yeah, so Marmy. I think <laughs> there you it's go. like I think it's like Your Majesty first, and then Ma'am or something right, right, like right, that. Right. Yeah, yeah, but wow. um, yeah, but we, but we love. I mean, ninety Susan Sarandon, top of her game, controversial like, figure now. Figure, always. I mean, she's always she's always, always like yeah. she has. She's, she's always, always been outspoken. She's always yeah. been outspoken. Yeah. She's always known how to press people's buttons. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the right and the left. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's He's probably... He's a controversialist. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably why after the Oscar win for Dead Man Walking in 95 that you do not see her back at the Oscars after that. Oh, okay. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Do, have you seen um, oh, a movie I really love her in is The Meddler? Oh, with Rose Byrne? I have not seen The Meddler. Rose. Oh, uh, she's so terrific. I think you should see it. I think you'd love that movie. Might be a good one for the for the show. So good. I'm not familiar with that one. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay. We need to talk about Lori. Oh my God, Lori. (laughs) Okay, so this is Christian Bale. I will go on the record. Favorite cinematic Lori. Like I think blows little. Timothée Chalamet. I will not stand for this. Timothée Erasure in this house. I know. Like we, like we all love like twink, like twink icon <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Uh-huh. But I mean, just that baby face of Christian Bale in this movie. I agree. That he looks so. Young. Well, there's He's something so very gentlemanly about him, yes. and you, I believe him as a, a like a young man of the 19th century. Whereas with Timothée, I'm like, no. I, I just see him as, as Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> and I mean, maybe there was just something about me as a kid that responded to this character because he liked to hang out with girls. And like, he was kind of <laughs> cool with yeah, it. Like, yeah. he loved being a part of the, of like, the March family. Of yeah, the March yeah. family and the theater group up in the attic. I love that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Emily. Yes. Is Lori in love with Joe? Does he want to marry her, or is it just uh, kind of like he wants to be a part of the I family? I want to be part of the family. Well, I what do. do you I do think that's definitely a part of it. I think that's why he married Amy. Right. I don't think that was a love match. Yeah. I think he just wanted to be connected to that family for the rest of his life. Yeah. But I do think he loves. I think both. Yes, okay. both can be true. Okay. Yeah, I think he true. does. Love 
Yeah. And I think that this version does a really good job of casting these two because Winona and Christian have chemistry, but yeah. it's not mm-hmm. necessarily romantic chemistry. Like it's yeah. built into the characters. And Pete, you mentioned it last night when we were watching it that we love how Winona plays the proposal scene because she's mm-hmm. just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, no, Teddy, Teddy, don't. We have to talk about this reasonably. I have loved you since the moment I clapped eyes on you. What could be more reasonable than to marry you? We'd kill each other. Nonsense. Neither of us can keep our temper. I can, unless provoked. We're both stupidly stubborn, especially you. We'd only quarrel. I wouldn't. You can't even propose without quarreling. luxury you've ever been denied you won't have to write unless you want to grandfather wants me to learn the business in england can't you see us bashing around london what oh teddy i'm not fashionable enough for london you need someone who's elegant and refined i want Like, yeah, no. like if your first cousin was also yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's how she's playing it. Just like, what do you mean? Like, this is no, <laughs> this is weird. And all, it's like all of a sudden, too. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, it's out of nowhere. It's just like for you? her, it's out yeah. of nowhere. For yeah. him, it's been like roiling, years, yeah. you know, under underneath the surface for, for years. But yeah. for her, it's really like out of left field. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living across the street, I also find that so charming and just like boy, boy next, next door, door that they live. <laughs> yeah across the, the street the they, mansion they live in their, in their mansion <laughs> next door i mean that's something that in the 40s version that i think i'm a sucker for like technicolor classic movie sets that are done yes. indoors yeah. when you do an outside setting like indoors and that that like 40s movie i mean that those scenes are my favorite just because those sets are so beautiful but i mean yeah. he's living across the street with um eric stoltz who plays john brooke who goes who ends up marrying Meg and Mr. Lawrence. Yes. Old man yeah. Lawrence, his grandfather, right? Because his parents, he's Grand an orphan. Daddy Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> who they think is like a mean grouch. And then he gifts <laughs> Beth, gifts Beth, Beth, Beth that piano and just immediately yeah. redeemed. Yeah. 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 Um, the actor who plays um, Grandpa Lawrence is, mm-hmm. um, he's Baron Munchausen. John, Mc, uh, John. I forget his name. Nelville. I always remember him as the as the headmaster from Urban Legend, Pete. Okay, he's the headmaster <laughs> in Urban Legend. He's the headmaster of Pendleton <laughs> University. He's Baron Munchausen, and he's also in the very one of the first scenes of The Fifth Element. He's a also in the X Files, British movie. character actor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, come on, it's '90s Christian Bale. He just has 90s. yeah. And the thing is, it's like baby, yeah. Uh, but it's funny because it's like okay, we know what obviously we know what these actors because most of them, knock on wood, are still working today, and so we know yeah. we know what present day Christian Bale Christian looks, Bale like. looks but when, like. When he puts on his little mustache 
And he's like, I'd like to introduce you to my wife. He just looks like he's playing dress up <laughs> with his yeah. little like, glued on but mustache. This was around. This, wait, I know he was also in Dangerous Liaisons, right? Little baby Christian Bale. Was oh, that I don't. I don't think that. Um, I think that you're confusing it with Keanu. It's Keanu. Yeah. Oh, what's he thinking of? There was a movie he was in. Oh, it was uh, it was Portrait of a Lady, Baby Christian ah, Bale is in it, okay. looking like a little baby. Sure, yeah. in that one. Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, Empire of the Sun? That was kind of his big breakout when he was a child. Oh, when he was like he was like actually, twelve. Yeah, actually, 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 when he was like twelve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I just thought that was so cute. Like when I, he, they're starting to age him up, and I'm just like, oh, he's still, <laughs> he still looks like a teenager. I, I, little, yeah, that was the little, same thing. I didn't buy it when, when he's supposed to be this like dissolute, yeah, di- like dilettante yes. in Paris. I was like, eh, yes. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, married to Sibby, uh, his wife, his wife, <laughs> uh, married to Sibby Balzic, and she was Winona Ryder's assistant on Little Women, and they met. During production, oh and then they went on and they married together, and, yeah. they're st- and they're still married. I love that. And yeah. she is; she was a model, assistant to one writer, and she is also a stunt driver. So apparently, <laughs> whenever so you badass. need like a, like stunt yeah. work oh for a woman, like she I does wonder stuff if she, like that. I wonder if she did stand-in work for Winona, and they just became friends because they were just around each other a lot on a, on a movie. And Winona just hired her to be your personal assistant. Yes, yes. my model assistant. You know what my I mean? Assistant like... who's a model. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it looks like she did stunts on Ford v Ferrari and The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay. Maybe so she, she was. Like... Maybe she was Annie's like. Yes. Maybe she was Annie's like motorcycle stand-in. Work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, work. Yeah. Work. <laughs> so yeah. So so Christian ended up meeting the love of his life on Little Women, which I yeah. love. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know. Um, yeah, I think I think that this is a this is a great depiction of this character. I mean, it's yeah, it's Christian. It's like he's he's been around in the movie. He's one of the. He's like Winona Ryder. He's like the, that Drew Barrymore. It's like somebody that has been acting. As long as we've all an been old, around, an old pro, yeah, an old pro. So when you find out that he's like forty nine in real life, you're just like, what? Yeah, shouldn't he be like he would have been? He would have been just shy of twenty when Little yeah. Women came out. Yep. Yeah, that's what he looks. He looks yeah, and he look, yeah, he absolutely looks nineteen years old in this. He's so thin. He just mm-hmm. he doesn't. He's not quite a man yet in yep. the movie. He yep. just looks like uh, yeah. He still looks like a boy, like yeah. a teenager. <laughs> Do you think that Lori is a little bit of a fuckboy? <laughs> I don't think I would go as far as to describe him as a fuckboy because, like, he does stick around at the end of the day. By the time he goes to Paris, yes, I think he's get, earned that reputation and then I think yeah. uh, calms down when when yeah. things start to get real. Yeah. Uh, when they find out about um, Beth and, right, right. you know, Amy really, Amy needs him and, and, the, and the, the march is, uh, he wants to be be there for them yeah yeah it's interesting these character beats that he has like because he's because he's male because he's the boy he gets to go to all these parties and just not have a go to college go to college and pick whatever wants to go to college so bad and he doesn't even want to he's like i have to go she's like i would kill to go to college Yep. (laughs) yep he gets to pick whatever he wants to do for you know for his job all that so he has all this privilege in his life for mm-hmm. all these things that the girls have to like, well, they yeah. want and they strive for them and they work. They can't off. have, yeah. they can't have. And yeah. so in one of these instances, it's a party, like a ball. 
and mm-hmm. you know Meg being the eldest she you know she goes to the, this party but like they put her in this get up and they put makeup on her face and they put her in this outfit and her boobs are all she's wearing a corset yeah. for the first time you know well, I don't know if it's the first time but she's wearing a corset she makes friends with kind of the mean girls too right, right. who kind of take her in as a charity case yeah um, yeah and you know he kind of goes in and he kind of scolds her for like oh look at you like showing off that has not aged well that yeah aged yeah well. absolutely that scene has not aged well and it's like obviously he just like slut sh- he like slut shames her yeah <laughs> um and it's but it's this it's it's the character like i said he has this privilege and he just kind of doesn't really know any better like he expects them to just be like oh well you know i'm i don't know to not sh- not wear a pretty dress to a ball. Like, I don't know what he's yeah. expecting of them. Expect you not to try to fit in. I think just because he's a boy and all of these things are handed to him that he just doesn't understand that they have to, like, they work their ass off for this party. And he's just like, I guess I'll go. Yeah. Right. Oh. Um, and it's just like that thing where you can't win as a girl or a woman because yeah. you have to be attractive. But you can't look like you're trying right. to be attractive. Yes, it's just like yes. you can't. You can't win. Yeah, yeah It's absolutely. like that monologue in and Barbie. It's like that monologue mm-hmm. in Barbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't. You can't win. Yeah. You just can't win. Yeah. I think that scene especially is very indicative of that. <laughs> what you're saying of yeah. just the, yeah. the contradictions of yeah. expectations of of women. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh but it's it's interesting that this character that we all just kind of we love Laurie, but he does have these moments mm-hmm. where he talks to them in these mm-hmm. ways that are just like shut up. <laughs> yeah, you're nice thing. Yeah. yeah, and and again when you know his his big scene with Amy in Paris, like you said, when he's this like dilettante that's just spending all his family's money. Yeah, you know, she's she's trying to dress him down for it, but. It's it's interesting his where his character is and where you know where he ends up. I remember being so angry as a child when they come back and reveal that they're married. I was like, even as a little girl, I was like, you are doing this to spite Joe. This isn't even about Amy. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you just did this because you you wanted to stick it to Joe and be in this family. I just felt like he was a tool. <laughs> yeah. Face crack. Face crack of the century. Yeah. I want to, I want to introduce yeah. you to my wife, and she's just like. I was pissed. Takes I was her, takes her aside of like I'm yeah. going to introduce you to my wife by yourself. Uh, uh, the fuck <laughs> the fuck you just say to me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got me fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you must, you must got me fucked up. <laughs> you got me halfway <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is such a it's such a weird move, and that's and that's kind of where I was coming from of just like. Does he even know what he wants? Like, is he? No. Maybe ultimately it is just because he is so in love with Joe that he's just like, mm-hmm. well, if I can't have her, then I might as well get one of them. This is the only way I can be connected to you for. I'm for gonna the rest zero of in on the kid sister. I always thought yeah. that was kind of weird as a kid of just kind of the age difference. But then I was watching it today that I was thinking, you know, I mean, Pete and I are probably roughly the same age apart, if not older. Than yeah. these two. Wait, how much? How, how far apart are you? Need? Eight years. Mm-hmm. So it's I just know, like I mean, I guess that when you're that young, but you, yeah. but you didn't meet each other no. when one no. of you was no, 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 no. nine. <laughs> Children, but yeah. That's, that's what makes but yeah, it weird. And, and that's yeah. what you get that that's kind of that kind of weirdness about this version in particular because they do change actresses. Yeah, and you know they had that scene and where they take Amy away when uh, Beth gets sick for the first time mm-hmm. and. 
he's like, I'm going to die without being kissed. And he's like, I'll kiss you before you die. And it's, <laughs> it's foreshadowing, but, yeah. but yeah, it just makes it weird to me that she was, how old was Kirsten? Like nine, 10 or something. Probably. And I think she's probably yeah. nine or 10. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that they, he knew her as a little girl that makes it kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. No, you know, you're right. <laughs> it does. It's weird. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's why I feel like, you know, we, we love like as movie watchers and, and as literature lovers, if you, you know, if you grew up on the book, like, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I, I feel like so many people have this affection for Christian Bale as his character. And we're just yeah. like, oh, Laurie. But then when we start breaking it down, we're just like, kind of a piece of shit. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> this, this fucking Joker. guy. <laughs> yeah. This Jabari. <laughs> but his heart is always in the right place, though. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. He was just so cute. He was yes. just so cute. Yes. I mean, I'm uh, watching this marriage proposal scene with one of writer. I'm just like, maybe you should take a look on this. <laughs> it's like, I. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. I know we talked about Winona a lot. We gushed about Winona early on in the episode. And I know we talked about, or I brought up the dynamic that they have as sisters. There's a scene early yeah. on where they're like horsing around and mm-hmm. they stop and. Winona comes into frame and you know she has this long braid down her back like to her butt <laughs> and she comes some good in, wigs in this movie and she comes there's great wigs in this movie and she comes in this frame and she has that thing that like when little girls have their hair in a ponytail and they come back from recess where the sides are just like sticking out straight Fly away. <laughs> all her whole head is just flyaways on both <laughs> sides and it's perfect and it's brilliant and it's just that little touch of Remembering when you were a little girl and how crazy you would look, you know, because you you were horsing around with your sisters. And it's just like these little touches that this movie has. And I feel like, you know, the Greta movie obviously Mm -hmm. has it. They just went out of their way to to make it seem like a lived in world when I feel like this era in particular – can just look so far removed from a modern audience. Just like what? very state, very yeah. state, and mm-hmm. just, uh, wooden kind yeah. of just where people don't seem like real people. Or like, how can you live and be a comfortable person day to day in right. all of that clothing? And oh. you know, like I who, can't imagine when I was a kid. I can't believe. But when I was a kid believe. and. I, I don't know if you were the same way, but I was very fascinated when I was a kid about stuff old timey like this of just kind of thinking about yeah. what if I had to live in a house without electricity and you had to turn on the light by lighting a candle. Like I used to find like kind of playing yeah. like that of just kind of playing just kind of frontier town days kind of yeah. doing that kind of stuff. I loved, I loved stuff <laughs> yeah. like that as a kid, like watching Little House on the Prairie yeah. and yeah. just reading books from Laura Ingle Wilder and just thinking of what it would have been like to be a kid in those times. Like I used to I love, I used to love stuff I like that. I love that. I love that. And I love this, the Julie of the Wolves. I don't know if you oh. ever read oh, that. Oh, sure. I, I remember that book. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I did want to be kind of a frontiers woman <laughs> when I was like eight. <laughs> Um, in Beth's death scene on her bed, and then afterwards in front of her bed, all the dolls with their like little, little porcelain faces. I'm just like, oh my god, these scary dolls that they. Play. <laughs> and then the maid puts the flowers. Oh, yeah. it kills me. Oh, when so um, when uh, 
Winona opens up Beck's, Beth's little box that <gasps> her had hope like chest. her hope chest. Oh my god! And I <laughs> flash back to a memory of my grandma Youngbauer for all of the grandkids. She had little boxes like that for us, and we and she, and we had in all of this like stuff that it was like toys, like yeah. mementos. So it just kind of Probably brought me back. Quilts. And what I was thinking of that is just such a holdover from those olden yeah. days that she probably had one when she was a little girl in your like grandma. in like the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah your grandma definitely have had ever, a chest. Have you ever been in, inside a really really old house or church? I remember going to a very old church when uh I in Ohio, I mm. I guess, and the pews were i couldn't believe how small they were yeah, I, yeah. I, people were just smaller and but and how uncomfortable like they yeah. these seats were maybe six inches wide yeah. and straight backed yeah. and I, I was just thinking wow people there, there's a, lived a lot, lot differently oh, people absolutely. lived a lot differently there's a scene early on with Lori and joe and they're outside and he's eating like pudding or something and it's in a little <laughs> cup and the spoon is like a baby a baby gerber like the tiniest little spoon like the size of your pinky fingernail and the cup is like a hard-boiled egg cup and he's eating it and he's taking little bites out of the little baby spoon and then he hands it to joe and she takes her share of it and i'm like this portion is two spoonfuls of pudding, yeah. but the two of these kids are Share sharing it. it, and she has it's a, a treat, and it's, it's a, a treat. special treat. Yes, and it's and it just speaks to the idea that people were, you know, a different size. You know, and, you had to be the, generous. Their portions yep. were smaller, and this teeny tiny little portion of pudding or whatever it was, he shared it with her, and the two of them. We're just loving it yeah. and just having their little baby Gerber spoon and just like having this scene. And I was just like, she's eating all his pudding. <laughs> but that, that little baby portion was enough for the two of them to share and be satisfied and be like, what a great little dessert treat that was that we just shared among the two of us. Meanwhile, that was other- like when I read little, yeah, the little house in the prairie mm-hmm. books that I read when I was a girl. Yeah. I just remember reading about their Christmas presents they got, and it was literally like raisins or something. And they were, and I was gagged. They were like, they got like, Not like raisins. each of them got, each of them got a, like a new penny oh, and yeah. like a a plum. And I oh. and I just couldn't believe that. I was like, Mom, <laughs> this is what Fruit? kids used to get for Christmas. And she go, Yes, you see how how good you have, yeah. it, Emily. Well, there's that there's that scene where they're sitting at the breakfast table. And Kirsten's holding the orange. Yeah. And oh. I was, my mom always gave me an orange for Christmas in my sock. Yeah. And that's oh. probably, I mean, that's probably just stocking, a holdover yeah. from like the olden days when you would be yeah. get, when you got, when you got stuff like fruit in fruit. December. Yes. Yes. You got fruit that was probably yeah. hard to find. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, and in New England, in have New an orange mm-hmm. in December. And, uh, and that's the thing with the limes too. You know, lime mm-hmm. citrus fruit and hot she, commodity. Hot right. commodity. She's, she's, she's trading limes. Twenty five cents <laughs> in <laughs> one day. Meg, Amy Meg is on the black market for limes. No, she's, I know. Mm-hmm. Meg gave it to her, and Meg said that was an entire like day's worth of like washing or whatever. That would have been like 
fifty bucks. Yeah. No, it was, it was a lot. Yeah, on those damn stupid limes that ended up going in the snow. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I, all all that stuff about yeah, uh, just like yeah, getting raisins for for Christmas and <laughs> there's a lot of business that they're doing with like tearing up rags and fabric and they're doing yeah. i know they do things with like curling their rag hair curl. rag curls the rag yeah. curls yeah which is like i guess putting instruments in the hot coals and shoving them in your hair is probably not the best idea i mean <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean i'm glad that we have like a woman on the call that can probably relate <laughs> but we were talking about of that when when Beth gets sick and they need all of those rags and we were just thinking of just like, yeah, they have to have a lot of rags because that Period. many girls, there are four, teenage, that, girls there are the four teenage girls in the olden days that all have their periods. Yeah. Where do you think the expression on the rag? What do you yeah. think? Where mm-hmm. do you think that, that came from? from? Like, oh I, I could not even imagine. That sounds awful. Yeah. That's another thing as boys that we're just like, la, la, la. Oh, wait. <laughs> Very unhygienic, but that's what they but just hey, did, what they had to yeah. do. Wow. That did what they had to do. Yeah, yeesh. But um, but we, but I don't know. We all this this period, this eight Civil War era, and then up through like Little House yeah. on the Prairie and all that. It is so fascinating to I think as kids, mm-hmm. especially when we start getting mm-hmm. introduced to Laura Ingalls Wilder and Louis yeah. Alcott oh, yeah. and all of this. That we're just like, I don't know if it's the fascination of just like couldn't be me. You know, like knock on wood. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I love the idea of. Just I like, was always very fascinated with, kind of thinking what it was like to grow up at this time as a kid. Yeah, that I mean that breakfast that breakfast Same. that they gave away Same. to that family that maid had mm-hmm. been cooking that breakfast probably since the day before. Like, I know, and the maid too. She worked so hard. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it? Ta- isn't it something that it, like takes all day to make like dinner? Like, yes. You know, oh for these families? man! Like, oh my goodness! That, I know that shot of that scene of the maid right after Beth dies. Yeah. Oh, oh breaks my heart. Yeah. That was her. That was her little baby. Yeah. That yeah. Was, I mean, she would have been the closest with Beth just because Beth was the whole body of all of them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she didn't have children of her own, so those were like her children. Yeah, yeah. Um, ha- okay, so we have our big four adaptations of this mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. property. There is also a anime, very popular <gasps> in Japan. The anime, a, um, a, mu- the a an- musical too. I think. There's yeah, the anime is on Tubi right now. Oh, it's on Tubi. It's on oh, Tubi. Work. Yeah. Okay. And there is, a, I think there's a couple, but I think the most, I hesitate to say famous, but uh, um, there's an updated adaptation. From 2018 from, with Leah Thompson. 2018 directed. Oh, the one that was on like, it was on like PBS, right? I think. There was, I remember, there, I remember them airing that on like Masterpiece Theater or something. Yeah. It, um, it was directed by Leah Thompson. No, I think that it's Leah Thompson. Oh, that she's in. Wasn't, wasn't like Emily Watson Marmy in it? Oh, oh no, no, no. That's a different, like, that's, that's, the, uh, that's, the, mas- that's the Masterpiece Theater one. Ah. So Masterpiece Theater, they did one. With but Maya the, Hawk. But the one that we're talking about is updated to, like, the present day. Oh, I didn't, I do not yeah. know about this. And that's a, th- that's a thing that I think that Scott had mentioned that the studio in the 90s kind of. It was discussed discussed making this version uh, an updated a 90s oh. version i just don't know that it translates no, no 
This is a very specific yeah, setting. Yeah. Like, like Civil War New England. It's just uh, of its, yeah. I don't think you can divorce the story from the setting. Yeah. And just uh, you know, the place, you know, the place women occupied and it's yeah yeah <laughs> i mean not saying that you can't drop parallels because clearly everybody yeah. relates oh, yeah. to this story now yeah. mm-hmm. but i don't know yeah. if a straight adaptation set contemporary can really work yeah i agree i tend yeah. to agree yeah. prove me wrong you know prove you're, me you're wrong. right scott lee thompson <laughs> does not direct it she is in it and plays marmy um mm-hmm. it is from 2018 a modern retelling of louisa may alcott's classic novel we follow the lives of four sisters the march sisters detailing their passage from childhood to womanhood, despite harsh times, they cling to optimism as they mature, face blossoming ambitions and relationships, as well as tragedy. Oh my god, the kid from High School Musical is Lori. Not the gay one. Wait, the gay one. Lucas, Lucas Grabeel <laughs> is Lori. <laughs> Zac the, no, not Zac Efron, the blonde from High School Musical. Oh, the really gay one. Yeah, yeah. the real gay one. That's- <laughs> He's Lori. Oh no. That is wild. Older Amy, so they did the thing where they age up Amy. Oh, oh we got to watch this, so you, so you don't have to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Uh, oh, you you know what? Um, when you were talking, that just this just occurred mm-hmm. to me. When you were talking about, uh, we were talking about how different things were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know what would it be like to be alive in whatever eighteen sixty eight? Yeah. Um, I was reading earlier on the wiki just about why was it called Little Women, and they people had a, had a number of theories mm-hmm. and one of them was kind of like uh it was this weird they were in this weird space between girlhood and adulthood but the concept of being a teenager didn't really exist yet sure. right yeah i mean that i mean that probably wasn't even a word at no that time. teenager a concept it was yeah. just like child adult uh, but but it was like you're a woman, but you're a little woman. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing that I always love about the different versions of this. You know, Joe mm-hmm. being the kind of outspoken one, she has mm-hmm. these little like phrases and sayings. Don't say Christopher Columbus. Don't say Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Don't say cap- don't say capital. You know, was it was awful when she said you can't say yes, that? Yes, that was what I was going to bring up. I was, I was like, like what? "That's not know. a bad word." Yeah. She said, "Don't say that it's slang." I'm just like, "That's okay. That's interesting." <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. and even something like capital. It's just like I don't know. That just seems so like an old timey like a capital Hush. suggestion. Yeah, capital. That's capital. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, "Don't say it." Christopher Columbus. Yeah, I could see that. Like a little kid just being like Christopher Columbus. Uh, who who plays Joe in the '40s version? Um, that is June Allison. June I Allison. really like June Allison in the in the 1949 yeah. version. I think that she's really good. And, and then Kate Hepburn played Joe, right? I yes. mean, talk about. Yes. I mean, Joe. I think that there's some clear lesbian subtext with Joe. I think <laughs> oh, that absolutely. I think it's just kind of there. Even though yeah. I mean, probably Louisa was not thinking of stuff like that when she wrote the character, but you can definitely draw the parallels. And then you cast Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> in the 1933 one. Yep. I love that. I love that. Well, I think there's speculation as to Louisa May Alcott's right. sure. sexuality. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which kind of so, bled into the character a little bit. She's just coded. It's like in Carol. I just did Carol. Mm. You know, when when uh, Carol says, well, what, what would you have wanted when you were four? And she says, a train set. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like automatically code for lesbian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Carol. And then uh, are you seeing the trailers for this new uh, Anne Hathaway movie, Eileen? 
I know. I was like alternate universe Carol. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> That's exactly what I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I she's like, Carol. and she's like a prisoner psychologist, right? Something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I used to be on the Anne Hathaway hate train, mm-hmm. but I feel bad about that okay. now. All right. We love Annie on we our love show. Our Annie. <laughs> we just, I feel I mean, bad about it. I regret it. I think that was just misogyny, okay. like internalized. Sure. Uh, but <laughs> I think was I was the... also annoyed with her like theater kid energy. Sure. But then yeah, I right. saw her in uh, Oceans. Was six? Whatever. Oceans eight. Eight. Yeah. She's a lot of fun in Oceans eight. eight. And I was like, oh, I like Anne Hathaway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do I like Anne Hathaway? I think I do. And then I saw that I saw the trailer for uh for Eileen, and I was like, "Oh, I I like her." Yeah, yeah, I we, like her. Yeah, we saw that trailer, <laughs> like, and we were like, "Oh my god, this looks." I insane. just think, I think I just didn't like her in Les Mis. I was turned sure. off by that, and I think yeah. that just kind of the Oscar campaign got a little too out of control with that movie. Yeah, oh, Annie yeah. winning everything and having to deliver these speeches, and then once the Oscar speech did happen, like she mm. was expected to deliver to deliver this like Sally Field moment, and, and she was yeah. like, "Oh, it came true," and people are like, "Oh, you planned that?" Oh my god! And then it was like. <laughs> This and then it was the, the whole thing was like Anne Hathaway is so fake and Jennifer Lawrence yeah. is like real so and then real, the backlash yeah. against Jennifer was so strong not yep. too long after that yep, yep. so she was too like real. I said you can't you can't win as a woman you cannot <laughs> absolutely like, nope. absolutely <laughs> so uh, we've mentioned this before we talked a little bit about kind of some allegories in Little Women with uh, Joe's sexuality but we've mentioned this before on this show I don't. I don't know how real it is, but I like to think that these characters were kind of archetypes for one of our favorite shows on movies that made us gay, The Facts of Life. (laughs) (laughs) Tootie? Tootie is clearly Amy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. See, it doesn't all line up. You can't really draw the parallels because Blair's a little bit of Amy, too. Yeah. If you're going to kind of think of like a social climber. Right, right, right. And like J- Joe isn't really Joe, like kind of Natalie's, Natalie's the writer. Natalie's the writer. Yeah, yeah. so it doesn't all. You, you, fall you into can't place. quite make a. I mean, Mrs. Garrett clearly is the Marnie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you Marmy. Have, Marmy. Marmy. Yeah, you yep. have the, you have these characters, and one of them is named Joe. And I just always thought that it was to me in my head that was my head canon of just like oh. the writers were just like we're gonna go full Little Women on this. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. Another alternate, another like Little Women AU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm here for it. But I think we should definitely try, Scott, to watch the the anime version. <laughs> I want to watch some episodes of it. <laughs> I think it's like mega popular in Japan. I think yeah. it's like really I think successful. it went on for, yeah. for quite a while, too. Yeah, I think it was super successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, in a camp way, would love to watch the updated Leah Thompson version. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> And report yeah. back. You twisted my arm. I, I, I might watch that. We love Leah Thompson on the show. So. I love mm-hmm. Leah Thompson. Come on. She's great. I got to give a shout out to Thomas Newman's gorgeous score in this movie that I just oh, added the Orchard House theme to my Christmas <laughs> playlist. Because, I mean, the opening shots of this movie are just so cozy. And that piece of score is just so beautiful it It definitely puts you in a christmas mood it's like christmas in new england these beautiful shots of these like snowy streets and fields and of the march house i mean i know that the holiday home or like the the nancy myers holiday cottage gets a lot of love but i want to see a little more love put onto the onto the orchard house from little women yeah 
of just you want coast- it to be Meyer, Meyer fied. Nancy, yep. Meyer, yeah. Nancy yes. Meyer. I want Nancy Meyer to go in and gut that kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gut he job. would just turn it all into like Carrera marble and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love a Nancy Meyers kitchen, though. I I can't complain. I mean, how could you not? I have a feeling we're going to be discussing that in detail (laughs) very shortly shortly on the show. (laughs) Oh, Nancy Meyers' version of Little Women would be pretty interesting. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Right. I I wonder. Just to see them all as as, uh, as mature women. Oh, yeah. I love that. And like sweaters. (laughs) Chunky chunky cardigans. Chunky cardigans. And reading glasses. Oh my goodness! Diane Keaton would be in it for sure. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she would be our she would be our uh, our updated Joe. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yes. I I love this piece of music by Thomas Newman. He was nominated for an Oscar for it. I think he should have won. I think yes. Tom, Thomas Newman should finally have his Oscar. It hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm seeing that Colleen Atwood Pete was nominated for best costumes too. Okay. I mean, the costumes in this movie are good because they yes. feel period accurate. They're not overly showy. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't be because like they are in gentle poverty. Like yep. you said, that's a name. Uh, that's a, she's a big name in costume design. Oh, is yes. she Colleen Atwood? Yes. Yes. So, like Colleen Atwood, Sandy Powell. The oh, Sandy of, Powell. Are, are oh, her costumes. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Carol again because I just recorded it. But <laughs> she, yeah, she, she did her costumes in Carol. Carol. Oh, yep. to die yeah. for. So good. So good. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt when you have those two wearing them. But <laughs> oh, Kate and Rooney. <laughs> yeah. They make yeah. plaid look so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, uh, what's her name? Um, Sarah Paulson plays mid-century period very well. I feel she like sure she does. Kind of looks like just a woman of that era. They look, yeah. I so I so I, I know we're is this tangent, but this is fun mm. to me. I yeah, don't know yeah. if you like tangents. I do, <laughs> but um. So there's a podcast called Sundays with Kate. I've I don't know Murtada Alfado. I I had him come on to talk oh. about Carol, and we just talked about. I, I haven't published the episode yet. I did three episodes on Carol. Oh, wow. No joke. Um, <laughs> Because it's, it's Carol season. It's Carol season. It is. It is. But we talked about how how Kate and Rooney in that movie really look like like they stepped out of a time machine. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. They yes. they look perfect. I mean, they, there's nothing modern about either yeah. of them yeah. in in that. Just yeah. the way they look, and there's like a very old world glamour about Kate and Rooney. Just looks like. Uh, she's like a combination of like Gene Simmons, Gene Crane, like Audrey Hepburn. They just look perfect. That yeah. movie's just perfectly cast. I love it so much. Yeah, Todd that, Haynes love. That's why I remember when it when word started going around about Kate Blanchett being cast as yeah. Lucy Carol. Well, yeah. but, but do you remember when she was originally tied oh. to Lucy? Yep. Um, Wait, it's who? Lucille Ball. She was supposed to be in being the Ricardos oh, before Nicole Kidman signed on. She loves Lucy in real yeah. life. I know Kate Blanchett. Yeah, does. and uh, and in those early reports, it was just like, oh, perfect. Obviously, I think that, I <laughs> think yeah. that Kate would have done the "I Love Lucy" voice really well. I think so. Yeah. The and Lucy then, like, Ricardo voice. Mert- yeah. Mertada and I were talking about like, okay, because he obviously loves Kate, and he has a whole 
podcast dedicated to her. <laughs> but I was like, I know this is sacrilege, Murtada, but if Kate couldn't be cast, is Carol, who would who would you cast? And then I suggested Nicole Kibben and he was like, no, outright. He just said, absolutely not. He said the only thing she has is like blonde hair. And I yeah. love Nicole. I'm a Nicole stan. Yeah, I listen to the, Nicole. There's a Nicole there's a Nicole Kidman podcast called Kid Manifesto that I love. <laughs> so I think I her Carol would have been very different. Nick Nicole's would have been much more uh I think like fragile and, and soft, I think. Sure, sure. Yeah. Love the hat. <laughs> oh love the hat. The hat. It's so <laughs> so good. Yep. Iconic. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Wow. We got it. We have to listen to your to your Carol analysis. Yeah, we did. We oh, did, we did Carol. So much fun. I know you did it. I loved your Carol ago. episode. Yep. It was so Thank fun. you. <laughs> um, to kind of wrap things up, of all of the Mart sisters, who do you most relate to? Let's see, Emily. Why don't you take that first? Mm-hmm. I certainly was a tomboy as a child, Joe. Definitely. But now as an, a woman, I'm like, maybe more Amy. I, I don't know. I don't know. I th- I think I, I love the fact that Amy is just kind of upfront about like, I like nice mm-hmm. things. I like what yeah. I like. And I want she owns I want. it. Yeah, she owns it. So she's real. Yeah, she's real. She, she's she's like real. not one of those actresses who's going to be like, I don't care if I win the Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy Mark wants it. She wants it, and she's telling you that she wants it, and that's fine. <laughs> she wants yeah, it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Amy because of that. But um, I mean, I am the kid brother in my family. I have <laughs> an older sister and two step siblings. I am the mm-hmm. youngest, so I feel like I probably have a lot of Amy March qualities about myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that would be like the controversial statement to say a few years ago before the 2019 <laughs> version, because everyone just loved to hate, hate on Amy. Amy. But yeah, it was probably the character that I, as a kid, most identified with just because it was like, it was somebody roughly my age playing it in the movie. So I think that you just... And the part, mm-hmm. <laughs> the part, I know we mentioned it, but when she burns Joe's manuscript, yeah. oh my God. And I have the old, I have an older sister. I would have never done anything like that oh, to her. I couldn't but have. I did read her diary and she was incredibly pissed. So that, that just, that I did relate yeah. to being the younger sister in that yeah. one. I, being could, Amy. I couldn't have, if I had done, I couldn't have lived with myself first of all, but I feel like yeah. my sister would have never forgiven me as even if I fell in the icy Lane. She's gonna let your ass. Yeah. I think my sister would still just be like. <laughs> that was the only thing that it, that it made it possible for yeah. Joe to, to get over yeah. what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when Amy did. <laughs> but I, I I I do think that like I don't know not ambition wise but just kind of like having something in me that I need to just say women. <laughs> I just feel a little close to to Joe because I'm just like all right yeah. I like to just yeah. You know, Yes, we absolutely. All, we all aspire to be Joe. We can't all, we can't all actually be We all do. Yeah. Feminist icon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe March. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's probably time for us to, to wrap it up. This was uh, a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on our show. I'm finally. so glad that we finally got to the Little Women episode. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this episode pretty much since we started the show. Well, I'm so honored that you asked me to come on for this. This was delightful. 
yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about your show and where our listeners can find your Yeah, so so I have a podcast called Female Driven, and you can find it on Apple, so iTunes or Spotify, and we cover female-driven cinema. So like I, like I mentioned already a bunch of times, our latest uh, episode series is... Uh, Carol, uh, we cover a lot of queer cinema, It's all, uh, but it's all female-driven, often with a female director, and um, also old, old Hollywood stuff, like I had a Judy Garland series where <laughs> we had, they both, both of you came on to talk about Meet Me in St. Louis and Johnny Guitar, so yeah. it's kind of a niche. It's yeah. like... <laughs> it's fun to talk I, about older movies, yeah, too. Yeah. I, I love... I love watching old movies yeah. too. Yeah, and you can yeah, and you can also find us on Instagram at Female Driven Podcast. Instagram. Awesome. Well, listeners, give a Female Driven a follow and go listen to their episodes. Download them now. Thank you once again, Emily, for coming on the show. I, we hope you, you have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy holidays. Merry Thank Christmas. You. Thank you. Yeah, and we will definitely do this again sometime. We'll do some more collabs. We we should. Oh, I would love to. I would love to do some older movies. I know I messaged um I messaged you about doing like Douglas Sirk or yes. you know or some of the old MGM musicals mm-hmm. like I would love to do Written on the Wind or like Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, All That Heaven Allows I or or I I keep bringing up this movie. You have to see it like it's Leave Her to Heaven. You you have okay. to see this movie. Leave Her to Heaven, who's in that? Gene Tierney. Okay. It is Gone Girl, but like 1945. <laughs> it's 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 actually insane. That's You've got to see it. Okay, we'll, we'll give it a watch. <laughs> yeah, that would be so fun to cover that one. All right. Well, we'll let you go for now. Until next time, thanks again. And we'll That's talk to you That's a delight. Soon. Happy Bye. holidays. Merry Happy Christmas. Happy holidays. And then they realized they were no longer little girls. They were little women. And thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> that was a fun episode. Uh, we love Female Driven Podcast. Go listen to their show. Listen to our episodes of their show. Yeah, we've done two episodes of their show. I mean, I have to apologize to listeners that this did kind of just end up becoming the Little Women '94 and '2019 (laughs) version. But on the on the episode description, it will be listed under Little Women '94. I mean, that's what's kind of interesting about all of these adaptations. And we talked about the '30s and the '40s one is that you kind of have to talk about all of them. Just because they're kind of no, fun to, do. They they're each fun have to, their merits. They're fun to yeah. compare and contrast. Yeah, not even merits. They each have something about them that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Compare and contrast. Love it. But, um, yeah, thanks for sticking around, you guys. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. But before we let you go, I think it's about that time. Patreon shout outs. Yes, we have a lot of new patrons, too, which is exciting. We do. We would love to thank our friends over at. How do you drew? Uh, they uh, contributed to the po- to the Patreon this month. Thank you so much, guys. Listeners, go, go listen, listen to How the Amy Fisher episode. Absolutely, we so got to talk. Fun. We got to be on Mike talking about Amy Fisher, Pete. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about Amy Fisher on Mike off Mike anytime. Give me a call. So we'd love to thank uh, How Do You Drew podcast as well as our buddy Andy and Kate uh, Pep. 
Tammy, Roberto, Brett, Daisy, Kelly, Chrissy, Stephen, Jake, Desiree, Laura, Garrett, Thomas, Lori, Brenna, Jessa Rabbit, Lawrence, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Millie, Tim, Benny, Jamel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emma, Millie, Aaron, Nick and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino, you guys. Thank you for being Thank you for being patrons. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for contributing to the Patreon. All of your donations go directly to keeping the show on the air five days a week, every Friday. Five days a week? Five days a week. Once a week. (laughs) Once a week, every Friday, 52 weeks a year. But hey, we're ad-free, aren't we? You'll get a lot of fun stuff when you sign up for the Patreon. Mm. You'll get the Watch With Us commentary if you are the $10 a month level. And I think that we're going to slide in a couple of extra ones for Christmas time. Because there's a few movies that I want to do the Watch With Us commentary for the holidays. Because we watch a lot of Christmas movies. So you'll get that at the $10 level. And at the $5 a month level, you'll get the television that made us gay. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're actually, every now and then, we'll throw in a commentary at the $5 level if we're a little bit late, or sometimes we're feeling generous and we want to do two, we might throw it in the $5 level. So if you are at the $5, check through all the posts. There might be some commentaries in there for you. There's actually uh, one or two that are for all levels. So check it out. At whatever level you're at, go through it, comb through the comb through the posts. There's some really great stuff in there. Um, and yeah, all the, all the donations go to keeping us up free ad free every week for you so patreon.com slash movies and make you can go ahead and give us five stars on any podcast app whether it be itunes mm-hmm. spotify give us those five stars and write a kind review we would love to read it absolutely um yeah we love getting reviews if you have the apple Podcasts app on your phone if you have an iphone so just uh Go in there, type in podcasts, and then when the app is up, look for Movies That Made Us Gay, and you can write us a review. It's cheap. Well, it's cheap. It's free. It takes no time at all, and um, it really helps, it really helps us, us out. out. So, um, yeah, uh, any reviews we'll read on the upcoming episode. Um, you can follow our socials. We're on pretty much any all the social media apps out there. We're most active on Instagram. Yeah. We're at Movies That Made Us Gay on Instagram. We're at MTMEG Pod on X uh, Threads and blue sky but like i said instagram is one where we're the most active so yeah give us a follow if you want to follow our personals feel free my name is pete i'm at peter lasagna uh at on instagram scott youngballer on instagram and follow my letterbox yes indeed uh any pretty much anything that scott posts on his letterbox i've seen so i let him post for the both of us so yeah give us uh give us a follow on all those thank you so much for listening everybody once again have a happy holidays merry christmas whatever you celebrate and um, we'll see you next week bye, bye.